Welcome, everybody. It is nine o'clock on Tuesday night, which means it's time for another Get Off My Lawn podcast. Uh, glad to have everybody with us tonight. Um, it's going to be, I think, kind of just a fun night because we don't have uh, people are jumping in and jumping out and jumping back in. Um, we'll have to cycle some people through here. All right. Anyway, uh, we don't have a a topic picked out ahead of time. I got a couple things I do want to discuss, but um, there, I don't think either one of them are things that we're going to get uh, uh, a full night out of. So uh, we're just going to do um, a little bit of catching up and just kind of see how everybody's doing. Check in with with uh, everybody here on the panel and all of you as well. And then um, any uh, anything that you all out there want to talk about, questions or comments then uh, make sure you tag one of us so that we can see it and uh and we can we can talk about that as well now the way that you tag somebody is put the at symbol in front of their screen name and make sure you spell their screen name the way that it needs to um be spelled which is exactly how it shows up spacing capitalization all that kind of stuff um those things all matter when you're going to tag somebody um also Sandhill Sweetheart is out there in the chat, but she is actually hanging out over at a friend's house tonight. So she is not over here in the producer's seat. So um, if you uh, bring stuff to her attention, then she may or may not send me a message on my phone, but she doesn't have the option of just you know, hollering at me or, or throwing something at my head to get my attention. So uh, make sure that uh, uh, if I'm talking, I'm the worst person that you should tag because I'm not reading if I'm talking. So make sure that you tag somebody else here in the panel and they'll they'll bring it up to me as well. Um, so if anybody in the panel is not out there uh, in the live chat, then uh, you won't be able to tag them anyway. So make sure you tag somebody that, that does have their name out there. So uh, real quick, we'll just give everybody a chance to, uh, to go through and um, say hello real quick on the panel. So we will just start uh, as the order that they came in. Uh, first off in here, we had... Calaveras 32 special. What's up, sir? Not much. I appreciate the invite. You know, it's been a couple weeks since I've got to jump in on get off my lawn. Uh, if you're, you know, I probably won't be able to stay for the whole show. If you need to cycle someone out, you can put me in the back room and I'll just, I can chat on the YouTube side. It's not a big deal. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we've got uh, currently seven people and only six can be on screen. So we'll just kind of cycle people through and and uh, when, when it comes time, if you have something you want to say or whatnot, just uh, uh, just holler at me and we'll get you back on the screen too. But if there's anything we're going to go around the horn on, then I'll make sure I cycle you through if, if you're still with us. So thanks for being here. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank All you. right. Next up, we've got uh, a fast rising celebrity among our ranks. I mean, this guy has gone big time. He is legit. He is moving on up to the east side. Actually, it's more of the the west side of the country. But uh, the cool thing is he gets to stay right where he is in South Dakota to, to do all this moving on up. We've got Mr. Paul Lathrop, who is not only part of the Polite Society uh, podcast and because an armed society is a polite society. He's got a new one out called the armed society as well. So he's not only doing that stuff, but uh, he is the newest uh, addition to the staff for second amendment foundation. Let me see if I get this right. Deputy director of new media. Is that right? That is exactly right. 
That is so cool. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very, very much. So what does that mean? What is what is the the DDNM do? Um, everything, pretty much. I do not have anything to do with lawsuits. I don't file them. I don't. Uh, I don't have any input. Thank goodness, because I'm not a lawyer and I don't pretend to be one. Never <laughs> played one on TV. But what I do is anything connected with podcasting, video blogging. Uh, I do some writing, some blogging. That is all within my purview. If you see it come out from the Second Amendment Foundation, my hand is in there somewhere. That is awesome. So, uh, so you've already been involved with with uh, SAF a little bit over the years with um, AMCON and things like that already, right? Oh yeah, I, I for the past several years, the annual gun rights policy conference. I'm the person responsible for broadcasting that. I pack up the digital studio here in Sioux Falls, and I travel to wherever they're holding gun rights policy conference, and I broadcast that live as it happens. Uh, we also have formed in the last, we've just had our third annual uh, AMCON back in September. That is the alternate mass media conference. Uh, that's basically for people, well, John, like you and me, or who are in the new media, uh, digital media, we go there and we learn about how to do things better so we can reach more people and be more effective and therefore get the word out better and help the Second Amendment. Yeah, absolutely. That is so cool. And congratulations on uh, on cementing that position with, with Second Amendment Foundation. Um, a lot of you don't know this. Paul was actually a, an over-the-road truck driver for uh, an awful lot of years. And that's actually, um, that is how I know you, believe it or not. I was, uh, I'm a member of USCCA, so I get Concealed Carry Magazine. Sure. And you were featured um, earlier this year in a part, one part of a three-part article where uh, I can't even tell you who wrote it, but the author uh, wrote along. Marcy with... Kidler is the okay. guy's name. All righty. So he, he wrote along with several uh, OTR drivers, and uh, Paul was one of them and, and mentioned the Polite Society podcast uh, and that he was from Sioux Falls. And I'm like, well, that's not far from here. I know where that is even. So uh, so that's actually where I first started uh, watching you on Polite Society podcast before I ever had uh, reached out to you. So uh, so yeah, that was it was kind of cool. If you hadn't been a truck driver, then I probably wouldn't know you right now. So Okay crazy how these things work well my job is to make sure you know me so it, you would <laughs> probably know about me soon i would eventually have heard your name <laughs> just from watching grpc and things like that sure but uh but you know the the thing is that you've done a lot of beh behind the scenes work over the years and now you're kind of moving out more into the spotlight than than what you always used to be and so um everything's going to be the same as it ever was because Paul's been doing this all along for some of these major things, but uh, now he's doing his own thing and, and more of his own thing. Um, plus now you've got time to, uh, to do more of that thing as well, because, because you, uh, you did have to, you did have to hang up the, uh, the, I had the to hang wheels, up the keys. I guess. Yeah. I had to hang up the keys. Uh, the one thing I found though, is that when you go to a work from home position, uh, which is what I'm doing now. 
I thought that meant you you set your own schedule and you wanted to do something, you did it. When you wanted to do something else, you did it. As long as your work got done, you were cool. What I'm finding is if you're awake, you're working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen that with Sandhill Sweetheart when she uh, when she's done work from home before. Uh, there were nights that I finally walked in uh, this room actually at eight o'clock at night and said, "You know what? It's time for you to uh, get to a stopping point because there's nothing that you can do tonight that you can't get done tomorrow." Uh, it's right. eight o'clock at night, so let's let's go have some family time. So I get that. I totally understand. Um, that's one of the reasons why I have a job where uh, I have to go punch a time clock. I have to be there on time and. Uh, mm -hmm. That way I do get there and I do, uh, I do, I am productive. That's some people can handle it. Other people cannot. I don't think I would do well just, uh, working from home and, and meeting deadlines because there's always something else to goof off and do instead. So that's just <laughs> me. So welcome, Paul. Thanks for joining us again. Thank Moving you right much. along, we've got Nighthawk Medic in the house. What's up, sir? Ah, not much, sir. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me along. I've done a lot of exciting things this last weekend. Kind of excited to share some of it today. Cool. Well, I can't wait to hear about some of that. We'll get there here before too long. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Uh, next up, uh, we've got Pat Hirsch with us, uh, reporting in from uh, the south central part of the state of Nebraska. How's it going there, neighbor? Oh, doing pretty good. Um, on, on a little bit of a lockdown right at the moment um, with the virus that has no name. Uh -oh. So didn't uh, nothing's positive for sure yet, but had to have some testing done and hopefully we'll know within the next day or two. So didn't get to go do that deer hunting that I wanted to get done this weekend, but I guess worse things can happen. Just glad to uh, be on the air tonight with everybody. And uh, yeah. Now, seems to me like the deer hunting thing would be plenty safe. You're going to go out there by yourself. You don't even have to go check the deer in in person this year. Um, that seems like you'd still be quarantining if you were out in the middle of nowhere, just you and, and, uh, and the deer. Well, I was supposed to take my wife with me and hunt this weekend. So she's actually the one that may be testing positive for it. We're not sure yet. But I didn't feel right this go around when I told her I was going to go deer hunting and uh, yeah, just go by myself. And she was really run down. So between work and uh, the kids, that pretty much put the kibosh on that. So absolutely. Well, I understand that completely as well. So uh, cheers to you for for being a good husband and not going and and leaving her without. Uh, without hunting herself so yeah because of those uh, battle axes uh she might have turned into one and i might be six feet under by now <laughs> and, and, and we don't need that plus it's a terrible time of year to have to dig a grave exactly so. <laughs> i'm not frozen yet but that's coming very soon right right I, I know i wish it was a little bit cooler this week but uh i digress all right well thank you for joining us again pat always a pleasure to have you as well we will move over here to Mr. White. We've got Rich White with us. What's up, sir? Hey, how's it going? Been a while since I've been able to jump on, so it's good to get a chance to finally. For Heck yeah, man. Welcome back. I kind of think that maybe we should assign colors to everybody. Mr. Pink, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Orange, Mr. White. Some... Can, I be, well, can I be Mr. Pink? That you. <laughs> I don't know. Can you whine like that? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can't be Mr. Orange because that's obnoxious. Mr. White would be redundant because that's my actual last name. 
Uh, well, yeah, okay. we'll give you that one. It's been so long since I saw that movie, I can't even remember all the colors anymore. Wasn't there a Mr. Black and Mr. Red? Mr. There's Mr. Brown, right? Yeah. I forget who was who anymore. I just remember I just remember um, Steve Buscemi being Mr. Pink because he complained about the color. Yeah. So, but uh, but anyway, welcome, and uh, great to have you along tonight. Glad you're back. Yep, good to be back. Yeah, heck yeah. All right. We've got Defense Dad in the house, also reporting in from the great state of Nebraska. What's up? Can I be Mr. Plaid? You can be Mr. Gingham. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine. You can be Mr. Plaid. <laughs> nope. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> hope we have a good show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. And then let's see. I've got to drop somebody out here real quick. So uh, Defense Dad, we're going to put you off to the uh, waiting room for a second. And if I just hit remove, you just go away, right? Yeah, I didn't kick him out. We're going to bring this guy back up. Whoops. Because it is a rare treat that <laughs> Travis gets to uh, actually stay up late enough to, to join a podcast that starts at nine o'clock. So Travis P11 back in the house. It's kind of like having a, a prodigal son returning. Hey, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, I'm discovering about my sleep habits. If you go to bed at nine, you wake up at like three. So I've decided to quit going to bed at nine. So I'm going to bed at 10 now. So uh -huh. I can wake up at four, four thirty, somewhere around there. It's like, I'm just preset for six hours of sleep and that's it. No matter what I do, Six hours, six and a half hours. So if anybody needs a wake-up call tomorrow morning at 4.30, just give me a holler. But uh, otherwise, I thought I'd jump in for a little while and hang out and chill. So, hey, how you guys been doing? Oh, we've been great. Um, cool, cool. I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, but there's been a few uh, a few deer hunting pictures that have gone yeah. up here recently. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, let's just go back to so the... A little, little steamy out. Did you go hunting in your shorts and t-shirt this year or what? You know, actually, um, underneath my sweatshirt and my coat, I did have a T-shirt on, yes. But uh, it never got quite warm enough to to uh, completely shuck my my sweatshirt. I I normally have a lot of layers. I've got a I've got a uh, an Under Armour hoodie that I wear that's blaze orange, and then I've got a uh, a coat that I wear. It's a three in one, so I may or may not, depending on the the weather, I may or may not have the liner in it. Yeah. Uh, it could be just the shell. Um, and it's camo. It's just a, I put the vest on over top of it. But um, I uh, I got down to the hoodie a couple times, but uh, um, and I never had to bundle up and put my insulated um, pants on over top of my jeans. They're, yeah. they're they're like coveralls. If coveralls didn't have a top half and they're just pants, that's what I've yeah. got. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, cool. Man. Didn't didn't need those, but I'm kind of hoping that maybe this weekend when I go back up, um, back up to my dad's that. Uh, I do need them because I need the weather to turn um, turn nasty just a little bit, and they're talking chance of flurries, and I don't know what else sleet may be coming on Saturday up there. So well, it's I'm about hoping. time, man. It's been too warm. <laughs> yeah, the forecast it. is actually yeah. warmer there than it is oh. here in Norfolk um, for tomorrow. We're supposed to get all the way up to 69, and, and they're going to be between 70 and 75 of my dad's tomorrow. Oh, wow. So, Jeez. Yeah. We'll be yeah. mowing here pretty soon if we don't. Want, <laughs> yeah, don't we're probably gonna out. have to do Good one God. more, one yeah. more mow before we're done here. Definitely. So, uh, heck yeah! Well, everybody, cool, thank you for joining us on the panel, and we're gonna go ahead and say hello to everybody out there in the chat. We've got Sandhill Sweetheart out there 
uh, got here before everybody else did. And then Calaveras is uh, out there and, and he has dropped out. So uh, Calaveras, I'm glad you're, you're with us out there in the chat at least. Uh, Nighthawk doing double duty. Iron Horseman checking in from Nevada. Uh, Vash Matrix. Um, family still needs some prayers. Um, his mom had some surgery and there's been some other stuff going on in the family. So those of you that, that are praying folks, uh, just pray for the, the Vash Matrix family. Um, we don't need to know the real names because uh, the one you're praying to uh, knows those names. So so uh, they'll get to the right place. Uh, Defense Dad's out there in here. Justin Gibbons is back. Does that mean you're actually home? You're back in Nebraska for, for a night or two, Justin? Uh, who else is here? We've got gun-loving grandpas in the house. We've got Pat out there and in here. We've got uh, poor conservative. James Allen is here. Um, Rich is out there and in here. Emily L. What's up, Emily? I haven't seen you in a while. So good to have you in here with us. Uh, 10X Shooters in the house. Glad that you're back. And uh, I just found out today, um, 10X Shooters had, had sent me an email. The, the man not only had a heart attack, but then he had the coronavirus. And I don't know if it was in that order. But he is recovering from some stuff. So prayers out to the 10X Shooters family as well. Um, those of you that, uh, if you're not sure who that is, if you remember the 402 Outdoorsman, uh, this is his dad. The 10X Shooters is, is 402 Outdoorsman's dad. Um, so who else is in the house? we got Gary out there, Gizzard Gary. We've got Cal. We've got Guy That Comments, Keith Umstead. And I think that might be everyone if uh, if there's anybody that i've missed it's because you're not commenting enough so get those comments out there if you're watching us uh live here on youtube and uh, uh you're not commenting then we can't see you and we don't know that you're here and so um i just realized that we're probably not going to have the list the full list tonight since we don't have sandhill sweetheart in the house uh writing them down so unless she's willing to uh jump in here and, and read the list herself, which I highly doubt is going to happen. Um, in lieu of that, then it's uh, just make sure that you're still commenting at the end because it's only going to be the last uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes worth of comments that I'm going to be able to get to probably. So anyway, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Um, a couple things I do want to plug. We are up on audio podcast form and I've got some days off this week. So I plan to get uh, everything uploaded so we can get the current shows up there as well. But go check us out at anchor.fm slash Sandhills dash shooter, which is up on the screen for those of you watching on the YouTube side. And then also, uh, if you want to get cool Sandhills shooter stuff like this hat that I'm wearing right here. Uh, a couple other hat options, some sticker options, and more coming. I uh, just haven't had time to, to collaborate yet on the more, but uh, go to blackswantactical.com and uh, search the Sandhill Shooter Collection. Use the discount code SANDHILLS. Get yourself 10% off of your order. So uh, go check that stuff out and uh, uh, just help me rep the brand. If anybody asks, then you can just tell them, yeah, go check it out on, whoops, Go check it out on uh, on YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, the guy means well. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but his heart's in the right place. So that's that's all you really need to tell him about me. Yeah, right. I gotta I gotta give you a quick compliment on your T-shirt there, Sandhills. Hey, I don't know I what. I know we got to get Calaveras over here. Then three of us can be the Blue Man Group or something. There we go. <laughs> the Blue Shirt Group. Got to right. SS Pond, baby. SS Pond. For those of you who are near Lexington, Nebraska. 
stop in uh, SS Pond just off of Interstate 80. You uh, you come off the interstate and you're heading north, and I believe it's the first corner you can make uh, right turn as you're heading north. Uh, take you right in there to SS Pond. Say hi to Stan. Uh, tell him I said hi. I got to meet Stan actually a couple of weeks ago at the machine gun shoot out there at the uh, at the Brass River machine gun shoot. So that was pretty cool. Oh, got yeah. to hang out with him. I even uh, even got to see SS Pawn um, after hours. I got to go in from from the uh, from the owner's entrance. Uh, rode along with with Stan to do some stuff over at the shop, so I could see it. So uh, go check it out. You can get just about anything there. Uh, if you don't, if he doesn't have it, it's probably because you don't want it. Um, he's working on getting guns and ammo in. I mean, he's like every other small uh, small FFL. He he just doesn't have the the clout to order a pallet of stuff at a time. So he gets what he can when he can, as far as the ammo and, and that kind of stuff. It seems like um, only the big box stores seem to be able to get uh, any, any amount of ammo in at all right now. It's otherwise it's just a couple boxes here and there, whatever people can get. So, uh, so yeah, anyway, um, I don't know what everybody else has that they want to talk about tonight, but there's a couple things that I wrote down that I do want to mention. Um, and we are going to go around the horn, um, at least on the first one, just to uh, get everybody's ideas here. Because I don't know what everybody else is doing, what everybody else thinks. A couple of you, I think I know what you're going to say. Um, but uh, but here's what's going on. We've got uh, a huge, I don't know if we call it a migration, a mass exodus, away from the uh, the traditional social media sites over to um, some of the the more uh, what do you want to say obscure the the lesser known places like parlor like Miwi, uh, some of those things uh, so we're, we're just gonna go around the horn and see if uh, uh, there's two things I want to know I want to know if you are looking into those um, alternate options if you're already there if you're thinking about it the other thing I want to know is um, what's your opinion do we abandon ship? on the big platforms or publishers or whatever they, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the Facebook, the YouTube, the Twitter, things like that. Uh, we, the dumpster fires that they are, do we abandon the ship or do we, do we uh, dig in and, and hang around as long as we possibly can just to get um, the, the wider audience? So uh, we're, we're going to go backwards a little bit. We'll start with Travis. Um, I know you're on MeWe. What about those other places? Yeah, GunStreamer, YouTube, GunTube.org, uh, YouTube, obviously, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I, I think we need to stick around and have a presence for as long as we can until they boot us off. The main reason is because, again, you've got the largest reach. We've talked about YouTube being one of the biggest you know, video hosting websites in the world. And you know your videos get seen by people in other countries. You want to have that, that, you know, you you have that availability to your audience. I just say stick around, but put your effort into going other places. I mean, it didn't take much for me to get um, ported over to GunStreamer. It didn't take much to get me over to, you know, YouTube or, or GunTube.org. So I'd say stay there, man. Um, I will say this about Parlor. The only reason why I haven't gone over there yet is because everybody that I've asked that's not conservative, you know, that's not that I would say is, you know, maybe Republican or conservative. I go, well, what do you know about Parlor? What do you guys think about Parlor? Oh, yeah, that that's that alt-right website. That's that alt-right app. So that's so many people I've talked to have said that, and I know that's not necessarily what it is, but you know that's kind of one of those things. Hopefully, we can change that image that it's not some extreme alt right 
website or app or place to go. That kind of scares me about it a little bit. That's one of the reasons why I haven't gone over there yet, because I don't want to be linked to something like that, you know, necessarily that that kind of an extremist right view, because I'm not. So, you know, I'm just saying that I think a lot of the left doesn't understand what Parler is about and why it exists. So maybe it's our job to educate people on that. Well, I think that that's definitely that's definitely true. It is our job to to help educate. Um, I was going to uh, find my my business card that I've got from SS Pawn, but I've seemed to have misplaced it in my extremely organized uh, area here. Um, Because out there in the uh, chat, Uplift Mofo Party Plan was wanting to know where he can get a Pawi soap shirt, and I think he means pawn shop. Ah, yes, Uh, yes. The, the SS Pawn shirt. So it, there, there's no phone number or anything on the shirts. Um, Travis, do you have that phone number? Can we? Yeah. Just- oh, yeah. I got it memorized. It's in every video. So <laughs> it's uh, 308 746. Uh, should be 7700. All right. So uh, if you want a shirt, just give Stan a call. I'll put that up there in the chat so that you can get to it. Uh, for those of you watching uh, or not watching, for those of you listening, again, that is uh, area code 308-746-7700. Um, get a hold of uh, of Stan and just say, hey, I saw that cool shirt on this way cool Get Off My Lawn podcast and uh, was wanting to know how I can order one for myself. And he'll work that out with you. I don't know. Um I, I know he's got a lot of t-shirts. I saw the box of them that, that uh, he gave me this one and I didn't, I didn't even have to pay for it. Um, so that's one of the reasons I'm wearing it is, is because uh, I Free figured swag. that I, yeah, I, I owe him that much to at least yeah. uh, put the name out there a little bit tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, since I got a free shirt out of the deal, but um, full disclosure, he's not a, a sponsor of the, of the channel or the podcast or anything like that. Um, he's just a friend of mine. So um I know he's got several shirts. I'm sure that if you give him uh, um, the the way to pay for it and uh, an address to send it to, then he can get you taken care of. So that is how you get the cool pawn shop shirt. Um, all right. We're going to uh, play a little switcheroo here, and we'll put Defense Dad back in and go back to you next. So Parlor, MeWe, the, those are the two big ones that people seem to be migrating to right now. Um, if you are, um, if you are on anything else, I mean, let us know. But have you moved over to any of those, Defense Dad, or are you kind of sticking with just the YouTube? Or what are you planning on doing? Yeah, for right now, I'm still on just on YouTube. I mean, I I'm pretty small channel, so I haven't really diversified. I probably should. Um but I'm going to stay on YouTube as long as I can and Facebook as long as I can, because I mean, let's be honest, that's where you're going to get people are going to, that's where you're going to get seen. My impression of parlor and me, we like, there's a lot of like-minded people like us already over there, but you're not going to expand your audience there as much near, near as much. I don't think. No, definitely. Definitely. That's true. Um, yeah, up there in the chat, Midnight Range TM says Stan should change his number to 308-556-30-06. Um, that would be cool. Um, it's just uh, I'm pretty sure that's a landline, and that's not the local prefix there. So I'm not sure if that's if that's a cell phone or a landline or what that is. But anyway, I'm sure that number is out everywhere, and I doubt it changes uh, anytime soon. Um, no, Defense Dad, definitely I, I agree with you. Now, um, Defense Dad is not on Facebook with the defense dad page i keep 
seeing if I can maybe shame him into starting something. Uh, but you do have your personal page. Those of us who know your real name, I mean, that's up there. Uh, it, it's not defense dad stuff. Um, it's, it's just your personal stuff. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people, even if you can't find how you know them as their screen name, like on YouTube, that doesn't mean that they're not on some of these other platforms, uh, just that that maybe they don't have their their uh, public face out there on some of these other things. Like I'm only on uh, Facebook and YouTube anywhere. I don't have uh, a personal or or otherwise on on Instagram or Twitter or um, I don't know if there's anything I'm missing that's the main stuff. I have started up on MeWe. I have started up on Parlor. Um, don't really do anything with them other than read notifications at this point. But I mean, at least, at least we're there. Um, parlor seems like it's, it's kind of like Twitter. You've got a limited number of characters and, and it's just kind of, um, you scroll through what everybody has, has said. And if you want to put up pictures and, and, uh, you can buy, sell trade, you can even put firearms on me. We, um, they don't have a problem with that. So, um, that's pretty cool. So if you're looking to uh, get into something where you can buy, sell, trade, MeWe is not a bad place to be. Yeah, I am on MeWe. I do buy and sell stuff for there. That, that's pretty much what I use it for. There you go. So so it definitely, at least for now, um, it definitely is is good for that. So, uh, uh, all right. Well, let's move over here. We'll go to Rich. Um, are you... Are you migrating to any of these other uh, pages or, or sites? Have you already? Have you been there a while? Um, and then are you thinking that uh, that abandoning ship on the more established ones is a good idea or or not the best idea? Let's see. I got GunStreamer, GunTube, been on Parlor since July. I think I got a MeWe account, but if I do, I haven't been on it so long. I forget <laughs> if I have one or not. Um I also have Facebook and Twitter, which I hardly ever touch at all. Um, mostly when I do, it's to post a link to something like uh, today I put over there my uh, link for uh, recruiting to World of Warships because if I get so many people to buy get in-game currencies and stuff and they get free stuff if they want to play, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I use some of the other stuff. And as far as jumping ship hey remember everybody jumped ship to facebook from myspace way back when maybe it's time for facebook to go bye bye and something else to come up and replace it like myspace was replaced by facebook i don't think that uh very many people would disagree that at least people that, that i interact with on a regular basis that maybe facebook has has run its course and it's it's uh it's grown into something that nobody expected it to grow into um, myself included, when you look at the, the, the direction in which it has grown, um, I don't think anybody ever expected it to get this big to begin with. And then not only is it this big, but it definitely is listing to port. I mean, it's, it's definitely left leaning. And so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is, but, but I still can't shake the feeling that, you know, Right now, I look at my my Facebook page just for Sandhill Shooter. I mean, I rolled over fifty four hundred likes in the last two days. Um, yesterday or today, it happened, and uh, I guarantee. And I've had that page up for a little over two years. I guarantee, in two years, I'm not going to have fifty four hundred people on Parlor that are following what I'm doing. Um, Fifty four hundred friends on MeWe or whatever it is, the whatever you call it, friends or whatever they're the right word is 
So, uh, you know, it's it hasn't taken that long to build up on Facebook because of the reach. And those platforms, these other pages, they, they need to get a little bit bigger and more people move to them. But the, the biggest issue that I have is right now it's it's a it's a big echo chamber because everybody from the right is moving over to these and I get it. I understand you don't want to be bombarded or get put into Facebook jail all the time or whatever it is um, banned from Twitter. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't like preaching to only to the choir. I mean, I, I do a lot of preaching to the choir. I know that, but I also always want to find that one person who, uh, who doesn't agree or or hasn't ever thought about the things that we say in here. And we're not going to find that on some of these smaller platforms. I love being on GunStreamer. Everything that hits YouTube hits GunStreamer within 24 to 48 hours, and you can see the whole library over there on GunStreamer. Um, and it's pretty easy to find, GunStreamer.com slash Shooter, believe it or not. Um, and I've been there a long time. In fact, they've even got me listed on their featured channels at the bottom of the page there. If you just scroll down the homepage, you can you can see my pop, most popular videos over there. And so um, I love what GunStreamer is doing. It almost went away at the 11th hour. They got uh, some financial backing, and they didn't actually leave. And I'm glad that they're there, and I'm glad that I have an opportunity to have my stuff backed up in, in more than one place. If I would ever get booted off YouTube, everything's right there on, on GunStreamer. We'd have to figure out a, a different way to do the Tuesday night thing here. But aside from that, I mean, I'm going to be okay. Um, but I, I just, I like the reach. I like the fact that, you know, people can, people can get there and they don't have to go. What the heck is GunStreamer? Yeah, one of the biggest problems with Twitter and Facebook right now isn't just that they're going after conservatives. We know they are because they're look at who they're banning. They're also going after the media when they print stories that they don't like. They yeah. ban the account on Twitter and Facebook of the oldest newspaper continuously active in the United States because they printed a story they didn't like. That was the Post, right? New York Post? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Newspaper founded by Alexander Hamilton. They banned their account because of a news story they didn't like a legitimate news story mm -hmm. and they banned them for it well and, and that's been going on a lot um i want to get around the horn but i'm going to make myself a note to come back to that too because there's something else that's happened here recently and people may or may not have seen this um let me write this real quick i can't talk while i'm writing There we go. So, all right. Um, I want to. I want to come back to that, but I want to get everybody else's take here real quick. So, um, so yeah, good stuff, Rich. Um, let's see. Next up, we've got Pat. Um, Pat, have you decided to explore any of these other um, options yet to to move away from Facebook or to augment Facebook? Um, I know you're not actually on Facebook yourself, though, are you? I unless I don't know which Hirsch I'm looking at when I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh no um i am not on facebook or twitter or anything like that but my wife is and she kind of puts everything out there for me just because you know we're married so we can share an account and uh but the one thing that really kind of upset me over the weekend is uh she shared a candace owens post on there about uh the associated press um 
saying that Joe Biden was the president-elect already, which, in fact, he is not yet because he has not been certified yet. Right. Because of the lawsuits and everything and the re ballot recounting and everything. And uh, Candace, uh, my uh, wife, reshared uh, re that particular post. And uh, they came down on, and, you know, she's not any big Facebook personality or anything by any stretch of the imagination, just friends and family type of thing. And uh, she got fact-checked and said that this was false information. So it's like, okay, well, no, it's not really false information because he has not been the president-elect yet. So it's, right. so I don't know. It's kind of topsy-turvy. I can see it both ways. You can look at it from the standpoint of, yes, stand and fight and stay on this particular platform. Or you can say to heck with it and uh, go to Parler or whatever other social media website that is not going to silence anybody's point of view. And that, that's the big thing. I mean, any kind of platform like that that decides that they can put their finger and tip the conversation exactly the way that they want it really isn't a open forum mm -hmm. so but i can see it both ways stand and fight or say to heck with it and pull up tent stakes and move somewhere else so yep absolutely all righty nighthawk are you thinking about or have you made the move to some of these other places and are you going to hang around on the old hangouts as well you know i'm a uh, from a missionary family and we're the kind of people that believe you don't catch sinners in your net if you hang out in churches and so we did a lot of evangelism which was traveling to the nastiest alcohol-filled cussingest towns we could find and, and dragging people away from their sinful behaviors there and while i'll never be a preacher um, ultimately, I caught a high degree of value in the concept of immersing yourself not in like perspectives, but rather in perspectives that vary from yours and hoping you snag those one or two people. Because what we lack in the gun community is not people that we can hang out with that agree on our perspective, but rather masses of numbers of 100 million people who've purchased firearms in this country who are not advocates. So uh, for me, I will never leave the platforms of YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or any of those places for fear that I might miss that next person who needs to be caught in the net. Now, I'm paying for a MeWe account because I believe that MeWe has potential. And so I have one of the full pay versions of that going on right now. And I'm a part of all of these other organizations, but I don't do anything actively in them. Um, Iron Horseman pointed out it's a double-edged sword. The more people will move to these platforms as the content grows, so post your content and they will come. I believe that's true also. I'm mm -hmm. diversified within Full30.com also. Um, I've actually started my GunTuber stuff, but I've kept my stuff off of GunTube and those places to not put a lot of stress on their servers because I know that they were struggling early on. But I don't think we should leave, pick up, and go anywhere. 
um, I think we should stay around because in that moment, because these 20 sums, when they hit 30 and 40, a lot of them are going to begin to develop more conservative perspectives. And if there's a place where they can go and find that type of content, then that might just reinforce it. No, very, very true. Good stuff. All right, Paul. Um, I think I saw here a couple of days ago that you said you had maybe made the jump to some of these other places, but you weren't really sure if you were going to do much with them yet. Well, let me let me speak two different ways. Okay. Okay. For me myself, Paul Lathrop, I'm on Parlor, I'm on MeWe, and there's a lot of people that are going there, and and I think that's a good thing. Uh, as I don't know how, I mean, I, I currently, I post everything, all my work stuff. I post over there, just like I do to my personal page, but as part of second amendment foundation, I want to echo what has been said here already in that, uh, second amendment foundation is a lot about outreach and they have to stay with facebook they have to stay with youtube because that's where the people are um we've looked at and and it's uh it's above my pay grade to make the final decision we've looked at parlor and miwi and gunstreamer and full 30 and a lot of different places there are going to be some movements made, but for the moment, Second Amendment Foundation is going to uh, stay mostly and put most of their activity where most of the people are. And I think that's smart for them. No, I, I definitely agree. And I mean, same thing that we've all mostly been saying, I guess, as we've made this trip around the horn is just that. I mean, these other platforms are great, but um, yeah, I mean, you you don't you don't get a lot of uh, missionary work done when you're you're going into churches. I I you hit that nail on the head, Nighthawk. I like what you said there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, and I've said that a lot, not just tonight, but I mean, I've got these other things, and and they're in place. I may or may not do much with them, but they they're in place if if that's what I need to fall back on. But I mean, I'm just going to keep doing the, the two things that I've been doing. I've been doing the YouTube thing. I've been doing the Facebook thing and it's, it's working. And I, I don't want to get back to where I used to be when I had Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff where it was just too much. And I spent too much time with it. And, um, I, I don't want to overextend and get to the point where, um, my, my personal life, my family life is suffering because my, my focus isn't where it needs to be. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I'm kind of a two trick pony. I, I do YouTube and Facebook and that's it. Um, I guess I'm a one trick pony in two different arenas. That's really what it comes down to. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's why that's, that's a big, big part of it. Um, just because there are things as, as important as advocating the second amendment is to me, there are other things in my life that are as important or more important than that. Um, so I know that there may be some of you that may not want to hear that there are things that are more important to me than the second amendment, but it's true. 
There are. I'm John, and I've got things that are important to me. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not sorry because I, I won't apologize for that. I, I just am what I am. Can I uh, inject a question to you? And yes. It's somewhat related to what you brought up. Yeah. Another mass exodus that has been happening since the election is a mass exodus away from Fox News. That's that's actually the next thing. That's what I wrote down. Oh, okay. So, so let's go there. Go ahead. Finish your thought there. Well, I, I, my big problem, and I, I posted about this on Facebook today, and again, I'm speaking for me, not for Second Amendment Foundation. I've checked out uh, One America News Network. I've checked out Newsmax, and they are the same thing as CNN in the opposite way. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely cheerleaders for Team Trump. By the way, did you? Get your Trumpy bear ordered. Oh my! Is it on that the way? Is the absolute worst thing I have <laughs> ever seen in my life. That is, could you make anything more banal than that? That is, oh. Can, can I encourage a separate perspective here? Because sure. I understand what you're saying, Paul. As a matter of fact, I take that very much to heart. Long before I completely abandoned Fox News two years ago. Okay, not this election, but two years ago, long before I completely abandoned most of the mainstream media networks, I found the Daily Wire and a few of these other places like that that were willing to to call a spade a spade, right? Mm -hmm. We're willing to call the ugly baby an ugly baby. And I think our problem is, is that we're migrating to safety zones, again, like we were just talking about with uh, YouTube and Facebook, rather than migrating to places that are going to challenge us intellectually. There are times where I listen to a Daily Wire report and I yell at the computer. And then afterwards, I've been enlightened and I've got a different perspective and I'm thoughtful and maybe my patriotism is tempered a little bit with thought of a different uh, idealism, right? Or thought of a different perspective on something. And so for me, it is critical that we don't flee to another safe zone that is going to kind of put us in a situation where our minds aren't challenged or expanded. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. I have to, as part of my job, uh, about three hours a day is spent in research. And I have a tab, no kidding, probably 30 rows deep of places that I check on a daily basis. And I know so much more now that I have the time to I, I used to do 70 hours a week trucking. I promised my wife I would limit myself to 70 hours a week for the SAF. Uh, but now that I don't have to spend the time driving, I can spend my time researching and and producing videos and that kind of thing. I find that there is so much that we I missed by getting digest versions from Fox News from other places. And what I like about that so much is that I have to actually think for myself, is this credible? Is this, can I fact check this myself? Do I believe this? And uh, it's, it's been very eye opening for me the past, what, uh, 17 days. Uh, Go ahead. 
I was going to say, one of my favorite activities is to read the same story by four different news groups. And even you read two left wings and two right wings and, and maybe throw in somebody middle of the road there and you'll pull a lot of truth out of all of that. All right. So the, the thing that I was going to bring up here um, happened on Monday, I guess it was during the, the White House press conference. Um, Neil Cavuto, I think was, was the anchor during that hour. I don't know if it was during his show or, or what was the deal, uh, exactly. Cause I wasn't watching Fox news at the time. I just heard about this after the fact. Um, but, um, they were playing the, the press conference live and I don't know exactly what it was that, uh, um, Kaylee McEnany had said, but uh, Cavuto cut in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, and I'm, I'm reading this off the article, so, so I'm quoting here. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging the other side as welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Um, he went on to say, unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up, but that's an explosive charge to make, that the other side is effectively rigging and cheating. Now, again, it's fine for people to have an opinion. Okay, I'm okay with it. I get it. I've got a lot of my own. But when it comes down to it, when, when you are reporting the news, then I expect you to report the news. And if I tune to your network to watch a press conference, then I expect to watch that press conference. You say whatever you want to when it's over. But when you cut that off like that, all you're doing is telling me that you think you know more than the person who's speaking, giving the press conference does. And that goes away from reporting the news and, and a hundred percent out of the, the facts realm over to the opinion realm. Yeah. There's a lot of that on the news networks. I yeah. get it. There are some shows that I'll tune into just for the opinions because that's what they're about. I get that. Yeah, but yeah. when you're reporting a, a press conference, then I don't want your opinion until it's over. Maybe not even then. Maybe I'll turn it. But I want to get that press conference. I yeah. want to know what they're saying. It was Cavuto. And right after he said that, if he would have let the news conference continue and not cut it off, she went into the specifics that she was mentioning. It was mm -hmm. about the recounts and the, the fraud and everything. And she list, starts listening off. She's <laughs> saying that they had evidence. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you, you read his comment. Right after that, right immediately after that part, 30 seconds after he cut her off, she starts listening to what they have as evidence so far at that point of the fraud during the election. Which I didn't see because I saw the clip where he cut it off. I didn't see the rest of it. Um but at the at the same time, yeah, I mean, I didn't even I didn't even know that. And had I been getting my news uh, from Fox News exclusively, uh, all I would have known is, uh, well, we're not going to listen to her anymore because she lies to us. And now I, I'm not an advocate of only watching one news channel anyway. Um, maybe there's just a touch of masochist in me. I'm not sure, but sometimes I do like to listen to those um, those news quote-unquote news <laughs> sources um, that don't always say things the way that we want them to. 
But again, I mean, if, if I watch the same story from three or four different sources, then I can maybe better weed out what is um, tainted by opinion and what is actual fact, which is ultimately what it should be. That's what the news is supposed to be about. Give me the facts. Let me uh, extrapolate my own conclusion from them. Don't tell me what the conclusion is and then show me facts to support that. That That's not the, the news reporter's job. So, but we've gone away from that. And and I, I don't know that there is a place right now that is going to give me anything um, even remotely resembling down the middle. Um, like Paul was, was saying, and, and in his Facebook post earlier today, um, yes, clearly Newsmax is the the right leaning um version of of like a cnn and and they've kind of they're the other side of that of that pendulum swing right so as far to the left as cnn is that's about how far right newsmax is now it's a little bit refreshing because sometimes newsmax does still invite people in to to express opinions that that aren't right leaning and they are willing to to give you know both sides a voice and and uh, and let people just speak their piece and and that is a little bit refreshing because it's getting harder and harder to find. Um, I used to think that some of the opinion pieces on Fox News at night did that. I'm starting to think that none of them do. Um, a lot of that's still been been uh, watered down or whitewashed. Um, going back to what we talked about here months ago now. When Tucker Carlson reported about the uh, the Virginia uh, convenience store that got robbed, and um, the guy that uh, that tried to defend it got you know arrested, and the owner didn't think he should have been arrested because he was trying to defend the the guy's shop. Well, it turns out that number one, uh, he heard a noise, fired blindly into the dark, and paralyzed somebody, and. Number two, they were legitimately trying to break in and rob the place, but this guy was also prohibited from possessing a firearm, and that is why he was arrested, because uh, he couldn't have touched that gun had he wanted to. He shouldn't have been in the same room with it. Um, and so, I mean, that never got mentioned. The fact that he was a convicted felon, and he was a prohibited person and could not possess that firearm was never brought up on Tucker Carlson. The interview was about the outrage from uh, the shop owner, and that was who got interviewed, that they took this guy, one of his best employees, and they were hassling him for trying to be a hero. So ever since uh, even Tucker Carlson, um, I've seen that. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know any of this either until I started researching it for uh, one, of the, one of the nights that we were talking here. And then I found out that, hey, this story has a lot more to it. And uh, I just felt dirty. I felt dirty because I was watching uh, what I thought was somebody who wanted to get down to the brass tacks always. And I found out that he's no different than the rest of them. And so at this point, I don't know. I don't know where I can go to find news that hasn't been um, tainted in such a way that they're not giving me the whole story. Uh, so if anybody knows a place that's giving the whole story, let me know, but I don't think anybody's going to be able to list it right now. There's no place that hasn't swung left or swung right. There's no place that's still uh, just coming right down the middle. Do you yeah, guys know of any place like that? I don't think such a place truly exists anymore. 
Can I offer you a little insight on this? That go for might, it. Will make your skin crawl. Well, in go the, for it. In the history of modern, um, if you will, civilization. So since the advent of news, the moment that media becomes weaponized one direction or the other, it is one of the largest indicators of socialism becoming the primary form of government. Yeah. Yeah, that does kind of make a guy's skin crawl a little bit. Check it out. It'll cook your noggin every time in modern history. Gizzard Gary out there is saying BBC. Well, um, first of all, I don't trust any foreign news network to give me my news from my country accurately and with with context because um even though they can have foreign correspondence i mean you know to the bbc has proven time and time again that um they they've got a they've got a a, a slant as well so i don't think that that's going to be a good one i don't know about reuters i'd have to check them out a little bit better no, than no, news, no, any of those no, but i just assume no. it were so as goes one so go the rest and that's yeah. how it is in most other countries. Yeah, Reuters is left. Okay. Very far. Yeah. Guy that comments says, uh, used to be sub to Sky News, but just couldn't put up with their crap. I'm not sure what crap that is. If you want to elaborate, go ahead. Uh, um, Sky News is basically the British version of Fox News. Okay. So yeah, it's, they're it's owned by the, the other company. direction. Gotcha. Okay. So it's going to slant the other way from BBC. Or Reuters, uh, New York Outcast says you can't just trust one place or news platform. Which is what I was saying earlier is is if you watch enough of them, uh, you can kind of see the things that uh, that overlap. And, and probably if if more than you know more than two or three of them are reporting a certain thing, that that is probably going to be the truth, um, along with all the other stuff. But that's just it. You've got to be able to um, take all of this info from all these sources. And you've got to be able to sift through it to to find those little nuggets of truth and recognize them for what they are and recognize the uh, the slough for what it is and get that out of out of your uh, out of your system there. And so um, again, the reason why uh, I'm saying all this is because we know that um, so many people out there within our own country, are just unwilling. They're either unable, they're ill-equipped, or they're just unwilling to take the time and put in the effort to go through and actually find the truth. So they found a channel that they like, and they just decided that they're going to listen to it. Um, I've got people in mind that, I mean, most of the time, uh, Fox News is what's on the TV um, in their house. Maybe the occasional odd TV show, but usually it's Fox News. And they're they're willing to just you know listen to that and and not explore other sides, other viewpoints, and then um, you know any conversation is just about how you know Hillary's a criminal and and Biden's a criminal, and I don't know why they haven't put him in jail yet. Well, because all you're hearing is that they're criminals, and if it was that cut and dried, they'd be in jail. There's a whole lot of other stuff that you're not thinking about. Yeah, and you're not going out and trying to find out the truth because you're not willing to watch those other channels. You're not willing to um, go dig online and try and find um, 
you know, multiple news articles and read those, I get it. Not everybody has that kind of time in their day. Um, I don't have time in my day very often to do that. I'll, I'll pick one or two things maybe within a week that I've done that too. And that's about it. Um, so, I mean, that's just one of those things where that's part of the reason why they're, they're getting away. And, and the, this has gotten out so far out of hand is because number one, so many of us for so long, uh, just assumed we could trust them. Then later on, we, we took that uh, red pill and found out that we couldn't, but there's not that many people that are willing to take the red pill. So many people want that blue one where they can just go back to their, their normal life in the matrix and never find out that they're being used. So the matrix was a movie for you young kids back in yeah. 1999. <laughs> yeah. can't, can't believe it's been 20, 21 years ago now. Can I throw you on a little bit of a sidetrack? Do it. I had somebody just send me a link. They said I needed to check out. I'm going to try doing my share screen. Uh, don't show these tips again. Okay. Share screen. And no, I don't want to share. I want to share screen too. I just had this shared to me. A guy, this is on the New York Post. A guy standing on a bus in a, with a flamethrower firing it off in the center of New York City, and it's causing people to lose their friggin' minds. Well, I mean, I can understand that in New York City. That would cause a panic. Um, what is his reasoning for doing that? It, it's it's just to go to go to go viral, my understanding. And I haven't read the entire story. I just got to this picture and and thought I'd derail it. I'm, I'll scroll <laughs> down a little bit when I'm off screen. Uh, but uh, the, the, the thing is, uh, flamethrowers are not regulated. No, they're not illegal. Yeah. I have right. to. <laughs> they're not, but I don't know what New York City regulations are. They may have um, regulations against open flames or something like that. So he could still be breaking a law. Yeah, he could be. He could be. But yeah, people are just losing their minds over this. And I am, uh, I'm rather, I mean, on one thing, on one hand, yeah, who doesn't want a flamethrower? Yeah, right. But uh, on the on the other hand, you know, maybe that's not the safest place to be doing range work with the flamethrowers on top of a diesel bus. <laughs> well, a diesel bus would be better than any gas burner. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> yes. yeah, diesel harder to set on fire than gasoline is. So. Yeah, absolutely. Pick the right bus. Once you get it, man, it it burns forever. That's true. That's true, and it's sticky. Yeah. Um. Midnight Range TM says he saw that video earlier today. Say goodbye to those. Yep. And that's, it's entirely possible that, you know, I fully believe that there are people that are anti-gun that own guns, or in this case, a flamethrower that's not regulated, just for the simple purpose that uh, they can use those to turn the public opinion against the tool instead of the tool that's using it. And we'll call that person a tool if, if they're trying to do such a thing. Um but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the scary thing is, Midnight Range. You're probably not wrong. At some point, those are definitely going to get listed as um, some sort of an NFA item. I would I would assume. Oh, especially if things work out the way things the media thinks they will, right? And uh, and Biden actually does get into the into the uh, 
White House. I I, I think it would take all of a, a New York minute for him to ex- issue some kind of executive order. No, exactly. New York Outcast says he's just trying to make a s'more on the second floor, which is probably, I mean, that's possibly true. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't have a gas stove in his apartment. And so he's just trying to, he's got his, his uh, marshmallows up there on the windowsill. Maybe and it, <laughs> that, that could be plausible. I mean, we, we don't know for sure what's going on. Um, hey, isn't like a s'more now and then. I mean, exactly. I mean, and once you eat one, you've got to have s'more. So, and, and what I kind of want to know is I I'm still looking at the picture. I haven't moved off my screen yet, but, uh, and I stopped sharing the screen cause it was causing, my video to freeze, but uh, there's a whole lot of people there that are filming it. I don't see a single mask anywhere. I thought that was required in New York city. Hmm. Yeah. Very, very good question. And then we're going to find out that that was a stock photo from, from uh, you know, someplace entirely not New York. Who knows what's going to happen there? You know, what cooks my noodle the most about it? There's not a single leftist organization in the world that is at all worried about any of their behaviors or our behaviors at all. But we're scared to death, absolutely petrified like sissy pansies the moment somebody even suggests that we might be caught not behaving perfectly. All of our rallies have been closed down. Shot shows, all of those are gone. Every single opportunity that we get to to do something pro-gun has been closed off while the left marches through the streets, screaming, breaking windows, banging on government and federally owned property and signs. And we talk about how tough we're going to be one day how come and take it about how we're going to stop this. Oh yeah. It blows my mind. Oh, I, I uh, made a lot of people upset here a couple days ago on Facebook when I posted up a, a post that said something about guys that, that can't even run a mile. And I'm, I'm one of them. I mean, I can't run a mile. I, I uh, went running the other day. I got half a block down the street and I, I turn around cause I forgot something. And the thing that I forgot was I'm out of shape and I can only run a half a block before I got to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm not running my mouth about how I want to kick off a new civil war or, or anything like that either. And that's, um, that's what the post was, was about was, um, you know, you can't run a mile, uh, but you want to, you want to have a civil war, just slow down there. Uh, what did it say? Slow down meal team six. Uh, yeah. you're, you're not in the gravy seals. So, uh, uh, made a lot of people mad, um, and I, I didn't. I didn't react to very many of those comments. Uh, but uh, you can go to the Facebook page and, and check those out because some of those are kind of laughable. And and a lot of people apparently got offended that uh, I would make fun of their midlines. But uh, you know, I can tell fat jokes because because um, <laughs> I because because I'm a fat guy too. So I mean, I, I've I've got room to talk. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, the, the point is, though, that um, all these guys are saying, well, I don't have to run because I'm a good shot. You know, I'm just going to I've got, uh, you know, thousands of rounds of ammo and and I'm just going to dig in and I don't have to run. I'm going to defend my castle. And and again, you know, we've had this discussion before, but I'm going to go back to this and just say that anybody that thinks that you're going to uh, hold off, you know, Santa Ana at the Alamo uh, you're going to have the same kind of result. 
Uh, you need to go back and check out the Branch Davidians. You need to go check out uh, Ruby Ridge. Uh, you know, you need to check out a lot of these uh, things where people have had standoffs with the government because they're only willing to uh, stand off and negotiate until uh, they find out that you're not willing to negotiate. And mm-hmm. things like Come and Take It or Cold Dead Hands, uh, those are uh, those are conversation enders. Those are things that make the government think, okay, uh, we can't deal with this person. We need to uh, take this person out. And so you're dealing with um, the, the, the finest fighting force on the planet, the, the best equipped fighting force on the planet. And even if half of our military and half of our police uh, decide that they would rather uh, honor their oath than uh, obey illegal orders, you're still looking at a formidable force, a a huge number of people that uh, don't want to lose that paycheck, that don't want to lose those benefits, that don't question their orders and just say, yes, sir, or aye, aye, sir, and, and do what they're told. And you will not win that fight. I don't care how many thousands of rounds you've got dug in in your bunker there, yep. Combat Carl. Uh, you're, you're not going to come out of this one okay. Yep. And the, the worst part about it all is that they use this fantasy as the point of why they won't participate in something that might be effectual why they won't remove themselves from a very minor version of their comfort zone and step into the role of advocate. Because if you go down through that post and look at those people, I've never heard of them. They're not anywhere. They're not a member of any organizations. They're not doing anything. And so keyboard commandos. That's exactly right. And so they're sitting on this fantasy, hoping to goodness that they are this level of brave that they don't even understand. And they're not there. <laughs> and, and we've talked about this here before. Um, if the civil war or whatever we want to call it, I don't think it would be a civil war because it, it's not uh, two factions within the country, both, you know, one trying to break away. Um, it wouldn't really even, I don't know, maybe it would be a coup or a revolution. You could call it what you want. But if, if this big igloo thing would actually kick off again, we're up against somebody who's already got chain of command in place, who's already got logistics worked out, who's already got everything that they need to have in order to fight a war. And if it needs to happen on home soil, then it can happen on home soil. They're ready to go. We don't even have anybody to tell us what to do, when to do it or where to go to get it done. We don't have a chain of command. Everybody wants to be the, the general. Leader. Yes. Yeah. We don't we we don't have anybody that's willing to be the grunt on the line. And and everybody wants to be at the pointy end. Nobody wants to be support personnel either. I want to bring something. I, I, I may have even mentioned, I can't remember the last time on your I was on your show. I remember talking about this on a show. I just can't remember if it was yours. Mm-hmm. Um if anybody thinks that should worse comes to worse and well, at least two thirds of the military and three quarters of the police are going to turn to our side. Guess what? We had an instance where there was confiscation <laughs> in very yes. recent history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was during <laughs> Katrina 
in New Orleans. And they did it just like the Nazis did it. Yes, they, they did. They the brought Nazi in Chicago in. and New York City cops and yeah. had them beat old ladies and old men and they took guns from everybody in sight and not a lawyer or a single patriot resisted effectively at any level. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. They had to bus all those people in from the uh, clear northeast to do the dirty work. Down that wasn't the head, Pat. That is how the Nazis did it. That is how you do not psychologically damage your confiscation army. That is a critical, engineered, thought out, and intelligent maneuver. It is not a forced thing. The local police force would have done the job, but it would have affected them psychologically. New York and Chicago cops have no problem with that loud pain in the neck, Louisiana over there. It's just like the Berlin cop had no problem with the the guy in, in Luxembourg or this other guy over here. They had no problem dealing with that person because it wasn't his neighbor, his brother, or anybody he gave a crap about. They executed a Nazi strategy flawlessly, and we all stood there and watched it happen like morons. Now, out in the chat, New York Outcast wants to know, is, is doing what the contusion recommends, if need be, crazy talk now? Um at this point, yeah, it's it's asinine talk. It's ludicrous talk at this point. Um, if we're if this is going to happen, then we need to organize. Do you know how the the original colonists did this? They they organized. They had leaders. They had people who were willing to take orders. And we can't even sit down and I mean, try this one time. Uh, put up a picture of a high point. And, and just post that on any group, any gun group that you're part of on social media and say, hey, look at my new gun and see how many people are willing to build you up and say, hey, good job. You bought a gun. You know, say it's your first one. And how many people are willing to tear you down and you're on the same team as them, supposedly in this big igloo. Um, how many of these people actually understand the fraternity involved in such a thing? Uh, not very many. And, and sadly, some of these people I do believe served. Some of these people are veterans and, and my respect goes to them for that, but um, it's, it's not going to be like that unless we actually start to put something in place where um, there is some sort of a, a chain of command and, and there is a leader and, and there are followers. And I don't, think we're to that point yet i'm not saying that we should have that but before any big igloo kicks off uh if you don't have that then all you're gonna have is a whole bunch of people it's, it's gonna be like kicking over an anthill yep and and, and our side's gonna be the ants and the I, I shouldn't even say that because the ants know how to organize and rebuild their anthill and within a day that sucker's back uh it's Man. gonna be like the first 10 seconds after kicking over an anthill and by the way, gang, if you really want to understand how much they are working to keep you from organizing, there That's is what not we're talking an, about here. Yeah, but there is not an, a militia website that is not currently under three levels of attack by Antifa and BLM groups, actively DDoSing and attacking it constantly. Um, the, the two that I am a part of were attacked five different times this last week 
to shut down and then in addition to undermine everything that was happening on those websites. The media is painting all active militias as being monstrous, as being racist, as being Nazis. They're actively working to undermine that position. Right now, you have a negative thought in your head about U.S. militias, and that has been planted there by the media over the last five years to make you believe that everybody who participates in those kind of things is a monster. There's not a millionaire in this country that's dumb enough to get behind any patriot organization. There's not a billionaire in this nation that is willing to do that because they're afraid they'll lose everything by doing that. And that translates down to the guy next door and the guy next door. We are not going to have an opportunity to organize and put ourselves together in any numbers until people are afraid of losing everything. And by then it might be too late. I can think of one militia that's not being attacked. The NFAC. Which is what? The not effing around coalition. Yeah, that's the that's because that's the one they support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um so a um, couple things. Now, first of all, um, before I forget, anybody who wants to hear a cool discussion on militias, um, go check out Ghost Tactical his uh um armed citizen podcast tonight in fact nighthawk you even got mentioned as being in a militia yep. that is is one of the good ones um so i mean yeah there there are uh the the discussion had started off about how militias get painted uh, as uh um white supremacist groups and and this that and the other when you know most of them are not there are a few that are of course um but i don't think that's actually i don't think they qualify as a militia no. Um, so much and, and ghost had a great description of it. Um, it's, it's a bunch of guys that get together and train together and they're ready to go if they would need to, uh, defend the country. And, and that's a great description of what most of these groups really are. We, we teach survival skills. I'm not talking rub sticks together, but survival skills and how to bring other people to a position where they can survive. Um, he's hilarious. Um, and, and that means, so here, here becomes an emergency, a local emergency. And now you have people who are injured. You have people who are without power, who are without water. Um, and how do you give back in your community and how do you help those people and ensure those people are able to continue forward while we wait for larger rescue and larger forces to come into effect? And we've actively resisted Antifa and BLM demonstrations that had potential to run away, not through violence, but through presence. Um, you know, if there's twice as many of you as there are them, they very quickly become very quiet and very polite. And it becomes particularly effective when you've already called the chief of police and had a discussion with what you intend to do and coordinated with the local law enforcement. And so there's a lot of good to be had in these type of organizations, which is to say to the American man, we have a group where you won't be criticized for being a man, where you'll be encouraged to be a man and to use your manly skills. And what more? If it did come down to something ugly and awful, rather it being you versus the world, there's potential for there to be 10, 20, 30, 1,000 other men standing by your side and potentially resist that peacefully, saying no to an insurrection by a communist or a socialist group. 
now out there in the chat nighthawk tm uh, nighthawk midnight range tm says nighthawk medic <laughs> uh i'm starting a militia if you want in code name militia etheridge which was brought up over on ghost chat earlier tonight um now personally i was always more of a fan of uh little house on the prairie so if anybody wants to start up militia gilbert i will totally join up with that um i don't think she's very conservative though so um well i don't think melissa etheridge would be either uh, no neither one really <laughs> i don't think she doesn't she doesn't strike me as as super far right leaning but i could be wrong i don't know that much about the lady um <laughs> interested i just threw out what in the youtube chat what the meaning of militia was at the time the constitution was written Let's read that off. Militia. In U.S. history, the whole body of men declared by law amenable to military service without enlistment, whether armed and drilled or not. Yes, it's the unorganized militia. Yep. It's the unorganized militia. Right. Uh, New York Outcast wants to know if it came to violence, would we all just submit? Um, you know, I, I've had this thought a lot lately. Um, whenever this discussion comes up, the, the thought that I have goes back to, um, um, uh, I just drew a blank on his name, Mark Robinson, the, uh, the new lieutenant governor-elect in North Carolina. You know him from his city council speech that he gave um, in Greensboro, <laughs> where he said, uh, you know, you don't have anybody down here representing the majority. Let me tell you who the majority is. I'm the majority. I'm a law-abiding gun owner. And he goes on to say that if they pass laws where they outlaw his um, his AR-15s and, and other um, semi-automatic rifles and, and whatnot, um, I don't know exactly what measure they were, were uh, looking at in Greensboro, but he said, you know, if you pass these laws, he goes, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm going to comply. I'm going to turn my stuff in the way that, I'm, that I have to. But you've got areas not too far from here where the bloods and the crips who you know are not going to turn their guns in the cops can't even keep up with them now what are you going to do to control the the criminals who aren't going to obey the laws because all you've done is taken away my guns the criminals get to keep theirs i'm less safe than i was before you passed the law what are you going to do about it i keep thinking about that i think about and and, and that thought makes me think about um my brother-in-law, when he it came down to the 11th hour on the bump stock ban, and he just kept hoping and hoping and hoping that somebody would um, rule that uh, unconstitutional, <coughs> excuse me, or that uh, something would happen to where he didn't have to chop up his bump stock. But at, you know, at 11.50 that night, he was out there in his garage making the cuts that were necessary to be compliant, and, and he's got his bump stock in pieces. He was, he was compliant. Now, people at, at work and everywhere else were telling him, don't worry about it. That Nobody knows you've got the thing. Uh, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, you know, what are you so worried about? And, and at the time, his youngest was two years old. And I don't remember now is that it was 15 or 20 years that they're, that they're giving out for getting caught with one of those now. So he was looking at either getting out of jail uh, right before his youngest graduated and missing his other two boys graduations entirely or missing all three of his boys graduations uh, because of a piece of plastic that he didn't want to cut up just because he didn't think it was that big of a deal. He said, I'm not willing 
to trade in my freedom and not see my boys grow up because of a piece of plastic. So ultimately he complied and he obeyed the law. And I think about that when it comes down to it, it depends on, um, it, it just depends on what the situation is. Uh, do I think that I'm going to hold off any number of people with, with the, the arms and the ammo that I have? Of course not. Um, if, if armed goons, whatever, you want to call them came to my door and said, we're taking away your firearms. What choice do I have? I mean, am I going to be a martyr? If I get killed in that process, will anybody know my name? Will anybody sing praises? Will there be songs sung for generations with my name in them? I have no reason to believe that's true. I have no reason to believe that dying on that particular hill on that particular day advances the cause at all can i entertain a, a thought yeah had i been killed in the army in battle you would never have known me to have existed um and you have to when we reflect back on men like pat and talking about how do something with your life when you have a chance to do it because most men don't do anything significant with their lives after a certain age anyway um, he wasn't saying that to devaluate older Americans, but what he was saying was specifically to these men, be of good courage, because there's very, very small avenues in history in which you have the ability to make an impact. Most of us just crap away 65 or 70 years and hope that we get to enjoy some of the retirement that we've put aside. I will retire a millionaire. I might live long enough to enjoy that for a couple of years. So after they started to do heart surgeries on me, I realized that I needed to switch my plan up. My plan needed to be to have some impact on history while I was there. And I'm not saying that blaze of glory, you know, when the first gun law comes across the, the table is the way to go, but we have to stop losing so damn much and if we've not learned anything from the left we need to learn for a minute that what happens when all of the people get together and say no is they change the laws mm -hmm. ask yourself if we all got together and actually had a tissy fit about this crap they would change the laws they have seen the force of the American people. And I hate to use them as a positive example here, but we're not learning this lesson for some reason. We're not learning what they're doing so well. Well, and, and let me submit this one too, because those of you that, that know me, you, you know that I'm not looking to get into a fight. Uh, I've never been in one and I'd like to go out the same way that I came in, never having been in a fight. I'm okay with such a notion. Um, am I completely unwilling if I'm backed into a corner and I don't have another option but to fight my way out of it? I don't ever want to be in that position, but that's the that is how to get me into a fight is to give me no other choice um, but to fight my way out of a corner. Um, that being said, if violence starts in this country, uh, we've already lost. If, if we let it get that far, number one, it's our own fault because we didn't do enough soon enough. 
Um, it's been too little too late. Um, Nighthawk, you're exactly right. The fact that that is the case um, says that, you know, that's that speaks to how long we've been losing this fight and we didn't even know that we were in it yet. Um, it's still a fight that I would prefer to see fought without bullets or blades, but with um, with injunctions and and legal battles and everything else. And I think that um, there may be some things happening within Supreme Court and and other places as well in the in the judicial uh, branch that maybe the tide can turn. But again, we've got to stay this course. We've got to not let it get to the point of violence. We've got to have some people that are willing. I mean, we can't tell people to shut up. They have the right to say what they want to say. But at the same time, we've got to have enough people who are willing to fight this battle in the courtrooms and in the courtroom of public opinion mm -hmm. instead of with bullets and blades. Paul, what are you going to say? I want to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to, I want to brag on my boss a little bit. Do it. I, uh, he, he's worth bragging about. I, we have a brand new show that just launched last Friday. It's going to be a weekly show called the weekly bulletin. Uh, basically it's a one hour news program and the first 15 minutes are an interview. The last 45, me and two other people talk about the news of the second amendment arena for the week. And my boss, Alan Gottlieb agreed to be the first interviewee on the show and when he was when we were sitting down for an interview now keep in mind i at that point had been an employee for about 10 days uh, of the second amendment foundation and i'd started getting into my job but he dropped a bombshell on me the second amendment foundation just this year has filed 23 lawsuits 24 because there was one filed after he was on the show with more to come. There are people that are fighting in the courts. Mm -hmm. And with the, the one beautiful thing is that, that before the election ever rolled around, we got another constructionist voice on the Supreme court. I believe no matter what happens, who goes into the presidency as long as we hold a 51 seat majority in the Senate that so that they cannot expand the court, that the next several years are going to be wondrous for the second amendment for, for two reasons. Number one, because we do have a conservative court. Number two, because my boss is really, really good at filing lawsuits. Not only filing them, but following up on them and, and, and them. fighting them and winning them. Yes. there He's got a check on the wall of his office. Uh, I, I don't know. He, I, I, it's, it's, either, it's, I, it's either a reproduction or the actual check, but he's got checks from the city of Chicago signed by Rahm Emanuel when he was the mayor. When he fought the city of Chicago, on Second Amendment grounds, one of the things is, is if you win a civil rights case, you're entitled to get your attorney's fees back. And believe me, the Second Amendment Foundation doesn't hire cheap attorneys. Mm -mm. And so 
I, I would like to see more policing of a lot of the attorneys we're hiring for these Second Amendment groups. They had one on that meeting the other day who was openly talking about how he filed three different suits to accomplish the same thing, because in the words of my lawyer, he didn't properly plan his suit out. He sued initially to have the ranges reopened, failed to specify in the suit that they wanted to have both indoor and outdoor ranges opened at the same time mm -hmm. and then went back and sued again for the other type of range to be opened and sued a third time for another. And I was like, and I asked him about it and I played the video back for him and he said, you'd fire me. And I said, yes, I would fire you instantly if you hadn't thought your case out. And they were bragging about this, like it was an accomplishment and I was losing my mind. I was like, I would terminate your butt tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, no, I no. hate lawyers who don't do their jobs. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm not even fond of the ones that do all the time. But that's just because so many, so many bad ones have have cast shadow on on the few good ones. Well, and like I, TV reporter or news reporters, <laughs> as as part of the Polite Society podcast, before I ever got to be with the Second Amendment Foundation, I got to interview and interact with a lot of lawyers in the Second Amendment arena, and lawyers are just like anybody else you've got you've got real good people you've got real down-to-earth people and you've got some that are their own best fans and what i'm a fan of is very effective attorneys yes mm -hmm. they're paid employees and for some reason people forget that doctors and lawyers are paid employees. They are educated, they are learned, but they are merely paid employees. And if you are paying them, you must act as a boss. Mm -hmm. You must manage them appropriately. Yeah, what we need is more half-Asian lawyer Bill Richmond's in the world. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's fabulous. Oh, isn't he? I would how, how many yeah. times has he got in YouTube to back down when they've gone after Crowder? Yep, he is uh, absolutely fabulous. Every time so far, hasn't he? Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. All, all of them. All of them. Yep, all the exactly. Uh, New York Outcast said it's definitely not popular to live by values. Um, nope, that's very true. That makes me think of some other stuff too. Um, couple, I don't know, a week or so ago, I posted a, a clip from the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson, where he was he was talking in his you know, that big speech he gives before they, they vote to, uh, um, to be part of the revolution in South Carolina. And, uh, um, you know, part of the, one of the things that he says is, you know, make, mo make no mistake. If we go to war, it's not going to be fought on some distant land. Uh, yeah. our children will see this. They will know of it because it's going to happen in our yards, in front of our houses, in our streets. And, people that we care about will be affected and and we will lose family members if we do this yeah. and i i can't shake that feeling i don't care what happens what kicks off in this country anytime real shots get fired then it is it's gonna be like that it's it's not gonna be something where we hear stories about it those of us that that never served in the military you know i mean fallujah just as well be on the moon uh, I I'll never see the place, you know, Lord willing, um, the, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, the places where, uh, where this stuff's going on, even, you know, 
Kosovo, even even Somalia. I mean, all the places that that stuff has gone down recently. Um, I'm not going to see those places. And when bad things happen over there, I see things on the news and I hear uh, stories from people that have been there. And occasionally a movie gets made of, of, you know, an incident. But aside from that, uh, it's, it's on literally on the other side of the world from me, this will happen here. It will happen in, in my state, in my town, uh, possibly, um, possibly in, on my street. I don't know how it's going to go down. Um, and I, I'll do everything in my power to avoid that as long as possible. And, I think, and, oh, and when I say as long as possible, I mean, um, as long as necessary. And what I mean by necessary is as long as possible. If there is another option, if there is a diplomatic way or a, uh, a legal way to, to avoid organizing an actual military force, then I want to explore that option because I don't want to see this country get torn apart because nobody wins. Even when one side is, is, you know, claims victory over the other, uh, both sides are going to lose because it, it, again, it's going to be another case of brother fighting brother. We see that at, at Thanksgiving. We'll see that at Thanksgiving this year, brother fighting brother or family member fighting family member, maybe not physical, they're not going to shoot each other. They may not punch each other, but there will be people that get mad and leave the dinner table at Thanksgiving dinner this year because somebody else at the table had a disagreement with them and it turned ugly because that is being taught that that is okay. It is being taught that if somebody disagrees with you, that they are literally attacking you and they are an enemy. And yep. it's BS. It's crap. Just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't make them your enemy. But that is how this battle is being, or this this war is being lost by our side because we're not fighting it smart. The people that think they're fighting it right now, their their only tactic is to say you'll never get mine uh, while I'm alive. I mean. That didn't even work for organized crime. You'll never take me alive, copper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but... it didn't work for them. What makes you think it's going to work for you? You don't even have uh, a, a mafia backing you. If, if you do have a mafia backing you, you've got a fighting chance. But other than that, no. Well, and the other thing is we're, we seem to have a strange behavior of assigning random behaviors to things that are going to be the end of the world for our freedoms and that's another disturbing behavior that we could really address and and that that looks like i'm afraid of doing x because i'm afraid that that will somehow magically cost me my second amendment uh, second amendment rights right and so we have to kind of reassess what good behavior is when it comes to our rights and allowing people to stomp on our rights, you know, based on what we would consider to be being a part of polite society. And so um, I'm obviously not going to use the appropriate word, but I have turned to someone who was proposing that I was a racist or a sexist or 
anything else because of just the color of my skin and told them to go fudge themselves and given them clear instructions how to get there. And other people around me were offended by my behavior. You know, it's funny. <laughs> you bring up being offended. Um, I don't know that it was a true teachable moment, but uh, that got brought up tongue in cheek um, when I was hanging out with my nephews this weekend. And uh, I took the opportunity just to point out something. And, and it's, I don't know if they'd ever thought about it. They're 12 and 14. Um, these kids seem to, both of them seem to be pretty good at thinking their own thoughts and asking questions, which is excellent. Um, but uh, um, one, of, one of the nephews said something about, you know, well, that, that offends me. Uh, and he was goofing around. He wasn't actually offended. Um, right. But, you know, that's a thing that, 12 year olds know to say now is uh -huh. you know that, that I'm offended by that. And I said, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up. I said, do you know what actually happens when somebody actually gets offended? And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, what? I said, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing happens. You can be offended all day long. Nothing yeah. happens. And, but, and, yeah. uh, and he laughed, but he got it. And, you mm -hmm. know, the rest of the day, um, we, anytime anything was brought up about being offended and, and, you know, then we made it like the joke of the day. It's like, and, and, and what happened then? Nothing. <laughs> well, they, nothing we, happens when you get offended. In fact, you can't offend me unless I choose to let you. And the fact of the matter is we hold more grudges than anybody else. The left will tear into each other and walk away from it. Okay. And oh, we, yeah, they have no we'll problem. Spend years tearing into somebody over the least little offense yeah they'll <laughs> eat their own but then the next night they're back on the same news program talking each other up again yep you know and that 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 is so I, I i was involved in a conversation on facebook today and the big thing and this was getting into a screaming fighting brawl figuratively on whether your gun should have a safety or not and there were sincerely hurt feelings on this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have guns with and without thumb safeties. You know what? They don't bother me. Nope. Well, if you, you want to get a prime example of that, those, you know, we, we all put up videos, right? Go look at the comments on some of your videos. Like, God forget, mm -hmm. forget, forbid you give an actual opinion on something that's not pro what you're reviewing. All of a sudden, you get all these keyboard commandos, and you know, God bless them. We're glad that they actually watch our stuff, but like, the, it, <laughs> it's crazy. You know what I mean? And the, it, we do it to ourselves. So how do we expect the other side not to do this crap when we do it too? It, it's even worse on Facebook, it seems like, than it is on YouTube. To be honest, um, I, I love the ones where I'll say something that isn't a hundred percent pro-Trump, and I'll get that <laughs> dumbass that that t you know calls me a um, a a Biden loving, you know, left leaning cotton headed ninny hammer or whatever. I mean, it's just, you call me anything, but, but a white person. And just because I don't kiss Trump's butt and I don't think the sun rises and sets in it in no way, shape or form means that I'm going to endorse Biden. Um, I yeah. just called a spade, a spade and, and, you know, voiced my opinion. I got called a Biden supporter, you're going to love this one, for defending the First Amendment and free speech. Wow. 
left is the ones that want to I'm, shut the I'm not sure that you can be a Biden supporter and free speech. Yes. Bingo. Right? Yeah, that's just it. It's it's completely nuts. But at the same time, um I and I've I've said this before too, and and um I know sometimes my wife just rolls her eyes because she knows exactly what's coming out because she hears it so much from me. But I mean, I I will fight tooth and claw um, again, figuratively, as long as I can before I literally have to fight tooth and claw. But I will fight tooth and claw to defend the Biden supporters' First Amendment rights. I will. And I think everybody on this panel understands what I mean when I say that. And most of you out there that are listening probably get that as well. But we cannot take away the rights of people that we don't agree with just because we don't agree with them. That's what they do. And we're, we're supposedly better than them. I thought the, the old saying, goes, that perspective. Just, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Paul. The old saying goes, I despise what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Yeah. It's like the um, case exactly. of Yoki versus the national, uh, the, the Nazi party back when they were trying to in the United States, when they were trying to have their march through Skokie, Indiana, and the town wanted to shut them down. They went to this, they went all the way to the Supreme court and back again to the Supreme court of Indiana. And they were told, no, you can't shut this down. It is their right to do it. Just because it offends somebody is of no consequence. Well, that's why there's no solicitation laws at your work. It's not actually that it's a huge issue. It's that if you allow one level of solicitation, you have to allow them all. And so, you know, if you allow Girl Scouts to sell cookies in your business, you have to allow the KKK to sell hoods. Yeah, exactly right. And and anybody that knows me knows how I feel about the KKK. Um, and for those of you that don't know me and don't know how I feel, uh, I think that they are uh, a bunch of stupid idiots who yep. definitely uh they're mean they're i don't know what kind of names should we should we give them um i break my own chat rules to call they're them what i really ignorant. think they're they're very ignorant they're very ill-informed um undereducated even though some of them i know uh have gone to uh, great lengths to get higher education and yet at the same time um they they don't understand anything at all um so therefore when i say stupid i mean literally their brains are not functioning correctly but having said all that they have to have the right in this country to say the things that they say no matter how horrendous those things are as long as they're not irresponsibly using their words we cannot take their words away from them if I like that they have free. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If, if they're calling for violence towards any kind of minority, then lock them up because they've broken a law. But if they're shouting an opinion that they, you know, they think that a particular minority uh, is bad and that they think that that particular minority should be, you know, eradicated from the planet, but they're not actually saying, you know, calling to do it or, or saying that they're going to do it, then they have not broken a law. And they have to be given their right to say their incredibly horrible, horrendous, stupid, idiotic things that they say. Because I don't agree with them doesn't mean that they don't have the same rights that I do. And if I want to keep doing this on a regular basis, then I have to let them do what they do. 
it has to go both ways. And it's our job to educate our next generation to think for themselves and to understand that the color of your skin has absolutely zero to do with your value as a person. Heck, we almost had racism beat in this country as far as anybody taking it seriously until Obama came along. I mean, there wasn't a comedian in history that wasn't making fun of racists left, right, and sideways. Mm -hmm. Just about every reference to racism was pure ignorance. If you look at Mel Brooks, if you look at Richard Pryor, these men invested their lives into pointing out how ignorant people were that were racist. Oh, and absolutely. then suddenly our society has decided to assign them a level of power that they never owned to begin with. Nope. That's, that's incredibly true. Um, agorizer has got a great point when it shows up here on the, on the, uh, uh, stream yard side here. I'm going to post that up on the screen. Um, no, it, it's, <laughs> The one of the funniest posts I've seen about Mel Brooks recently is that um, the movie Blazing Saddles is oh, actually yeah. going to be edited to where it is. Um, uh, what do I want to say? Um, Neutered. <laughs> well, politically correct in today's society, I guess uh, they've taken out all of the uh, all of the offensive parts, um, and it will be aired tomorrow night from eight o'clock until eight o five p.m. Yep. That's with wow. that's with the commercial break in there. I was gonna say you're giving it more leniency than I would <laughs> on time. Yeah, they'll they'll play the theme song and that'll be the end of the movie. That's pretty much I don't even know. Can they get through the theme song? I mean, but again, like like uh like you said, I mean Mel Brooks spent his career pointing out the idiocy of stereotypes. Yes. And lampooning them. And and yes. not just racism, but all stereotypes. All I of mean, them, yes. But he made such great movies that wouldn't fly today. Two of um, the best movies oh. ever shot anywhere are Blazing Saddles. And I'm trying to remember, what was the name of his Star Wars knockoff? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Spaceballs, Spaceballs yes. Young Frankenstein. Yes, young oh, Frank. yes. Yeah, young Frankenstein oh, was a classic. Funny, she doesn't look Druish. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, that was how you defeated racism. It's because she it had a nose job, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and I think our this generation of kids is being denied the beauty and the genius of what these men did. <laughs> men like Richard Pryor, men like Mel Brooks, who completely destroyed any image of superiority by these people just completely devastated it. Um, you know, I, I love to that these people can speak freely about how dumb they are. That is the greatest power in the world. Don't stop them from, from demonstrating their ignorance in front of other people. That's how a generation misses that what they're doing is ignorance. No, that's, that's are, very, are very we true. maybe missing something that was probably prevalent in the 70s and 80s and that's one of the best ways to paint somebody in a bad light is to laugh at them yeah, yeah. well being able to laugh at anybody including oneself has yep. definitely gone by the wayside but the fact that you would point out anything about somebody else that that could be construed as laughable i mean that's not a microaggression that's a macroaggression and and you have um, you have attacked them with your words <laughs> in, in this day and age. 
And so, um, I mean, that's just, it's, yeah, we're, we're definitely missing something. Um, but again, this is, and, and maybe I need to grab my tinfoil hat, but I don't think I'm too far off here. This is another uh, slow burn. This is yep. um, another erosion of our rights to where um, we're willing, we as a society, not not you and me on this panel, not you and me as a listener, uh, and definitely not me um, as somebody who runs my mouth, but as a society, we have demonstrated our willingness to give up our rights incrementally, slowly but surely, um, and and stop saying certain things because it might offend somebody, and and you just can't say that. Yeah. And there, the comedians these days have figured out that if they don't want blacklisted, that they've got to fall in line, and they've got to tell certain jokes and leave certain other jokes out of it that uh, that just wouldn't fly. And and yeah, I mean. Can you imagine Richard Lewis going on stage today with his normal act? Can you imagine Eddie Murphy from the 80s? Oh, man. Going on stage today and telling the jokes that he told. George Carlin. Or Carlin. He, he would have got epstein if he hadn't died himself. I mean, if he hadn't already died, he'd get epstein just for saying the things that, that he said. And that wasn't that long ago that he was still on stage saying them. Yeah. Look at Chappelle when he had his comeback special, the first one of the two that he had recently done. When he I told that abortion, when he told that abortion joke, the place was dead. If Carlin would have told that, or Murphy would have told that same joke in the eighties, it would have killed. The place would have cracked up laughing. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's just it. There are things that aren't funny that some of us use humor to deal with, and and as a society we've lost our sense of humor we we've traded our sense of humor for a sense of self-righteousness and a sense of um indignity on behalf of others which i still don't understand how how you can be offended on behalf of somebody else especially when they're not offended i mean if if i tell a joke which i've done before um if, if I tell a joke and, and uh, mention, you know, uh, tell a bald joke about somebody um, who may or may not be on this panel, which I've done before. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, when I've done that, it's been laughed off. It's been accepted in the spirit in which it was given. But if I told a bald joke and then um, defense dad, who I, I know has a full head of hair, got offended on behalf of Paul and yelled at me for telling a, a, a bald joke because that wasn't nice for Paul and made it, you know, his purpose to take up that cross. I mean, you can do that, but if Paul didn't have a problem with it, then, you know, have a Coke and a smile and get off my lawn. I mean, honestly. I'm offended by things and stuff. Yeah, I know. Stuff and, and stuff and stuff. You know, it, 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 I heard a long time ago, I don't know if this is true, um, but it sounds likely, um, when, when Eddie Murphy was first coming up, um, he, he idolized prior. I mean, he, uh, um, and I said Richard Lewis earlier, I met Richard Pryor, but, um, 
Yeah, when when Eddie Murphy first went on stage as a comedian, he just recycled Richard Pryor bits and oh, yeah. pulled them as his own, even. <laughs> um, and 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 that's how he got started in stand up um, until he wrote his own his own stuff. But when he started getting big, um, and for those of you that don't know Eddie Murphy from the eighties, he he had a foul mouth. I mean, some of the worst of the uh, of the worst. Go to YouTube and search Delirious. Eddie Delirious Murphy. or oh, Eddie yeah. or Eddie Murphy Raw. Either one yes. of those. Yes. Um, but um, now before all of the 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 roofies and everything else, you know, Cosby was was one of the kings of primetime at that point and still one of the kings of comedy. Um, and Cosby always had a clean show. He did um, some nasty stuff, though. He did some nasty <laughs> stuff, but not on stage. On stage, yeah. he kept it clean. On TV and on stage, he was always he was always one of the clean ones. Yeah, there and, was one joke I can remember Cosby swearing. That was yeah. it was the cocaine joke where he yes. where somebody said it makes your personality improve, and he says, "Well, but what, what if, if you're, you're an asshole?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard him. I've also heard him say about because he grew up in a. Uh, I don't know if it was physically abusive, but I know it was a verbally abusive house. Um, and uh, um, <laughs> I the, thought uh, my name was Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah, he and his brother grew up thinking David. one of them was because uh, um, his dad yeah, was, was always say, you know, GD. And the other one was was Jesus Christ. And one day um, my my dad yelled at me and said, get in here, GD. And I said, Dad, I thought my name was Jesus Christ. But that, no, he's, but that, I'm Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. I got the, I got it on cassette and everything. So <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, but anyway, um, Cosby was criticizing Eddie Murphy as a young comedian about his, his, you know, his foul mouth, his dirty routine. Um, and at that point, Eddie Murphy was fairly well established. You know, um, he and, and Richard Pryor knew each other. They were friends and, and, you know, Pryor was one of his, not only his idol, but also a mentor. And so he was talking about it one day um, to to Richard Pryor about who also, for if you've seen him on stage, he didn't clean it up. He, he told no. some off-colored stuff, too, and had some F-bombs. Um, so one day, um, you know, because Cosby was another one of Eddie Murphy's idols, and he was kind of torn between the, the angel and the devil on his shoulders, you know? And so he was talking to Pryor about it. And uh, Pryor said, well, here's the advice I would give you. Um, do you like what you do? And Murphy said, yeah. He said, are you successful at what you do? Well, yeah. Are you making a living at what you do? Well, yeah. Well, then I'd tell Bill Cosby to have a Coke and a smile and shut the F up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know that I've never actually heard that story from, from Eddie Murphy, but um, I, it, it, it sounds like something that, that yeah. Pryor would say so I, I i'm pretty sure that that's you know if it's not if it's not for sure true it's plausible that that would happen and that's been one of my favorite sayings i don't say it of course on the air here but uh, uh my wife has heard me say that on more than one occasion you know well tell them to have a coke and a smile and shut the f up if you think uh prior and murphy were bad have you ever heard red fox do his stand-up going up deep end <laughs> Okay, can you imagine Red Fox and Carol O'Connor being on TV today? 
Just the 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 Sanford and Son All in the Family Comedy Hour would I mean can you, would there be a network that would even pick that up today? Followed by the Jeffersons, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you guys Speaking of racist, George Jefferson, holy smokes! Yeah, <laughs> not a fan of white people. No. <laughs> I'm just thinking you guys got done talking about prior. Eddie Murphy and Red Fox. Now I want to. I want to go watch. Uh, oh gosh, what was that movie? Oh God, Harlem Night. Harlem, Harlem Night. Night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Harlem yeah. Nights turned the X F word into an adjective. I spent that entire movie. It was a noun by the end of the movie. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, guys, it's already after eleven. For some of you, it's tomorrow. So um, we really should kind of wrap this up. Um, this has been fun. I think we need to take time and do this more where we don't actually have a, a topic at hand. I mean, just see where stuff goes. Um, so um, let's go back around the horn. And uh, I want to thank Calaveras 32 Special and Travis P11 for joining us for the, the times that they had. Um, excuse me, Travis wasn't on screen for, for quite a bit of the night. And then he, he did have to get going, um, cause he, he did have to get to bed. So thank you both of you, um, Travis and, and, uh, Calaveras for joining us, um, while you were here and, uh, we'll just let everybody go back through any closing words, anything you want to, uh, throw out there. Um, you know what, Gary, thank you very much for that. Uh, anybody that wants to help support the channel can go to patreon.com slash sandhill shooter and for as little as a dollar a month you can uh, be a patreon patron um that's one of the things i'm going to do this week with a couple days off i've got a few gifts that i need to get out that i've i am am horrible at getting some of this stuff done in a timely fashion so if i owe you a gift for being a patreon uh, a patreon patron then um don't despair i will get that to you and i i plan to get those done this week while i've got some time to 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 get them done while I'm thinking of it. Um, but uh, for those of you, and I know some people don't care for Patreon or don't want to do something recurring. And if you, if you want to help support us, um, <clears throat> you know, there, there's always camera stuff. There's always um, sound stuff. There's always video equipment that, that needs to be um, added or updated. And anybody that wants to help out can sure do it. I'm never going to ask you to, because I'm going to keep doing this, whether I get financial support or not. Um, but if you just want to do a one-time thing, you can go to paypal.me slash Sandhill shooter, um, and send it in that way too. Um, if, uh, if your email address doesn't match up with your screen name, maybe just put a note in there. So I know who you are. Uh, so I know who to thank, but, uh, ammo is always useful. Not in my house. Well, nine millimeter, then. nine millimeter, 380, 38 or 357. Um, uh, 22, 556, and 270, and 243. Oh, and you can always give me some of that now, too, because I've got a gun that shoots it. Yay. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, slowly but surely, I'm building up some of the <laughs> my 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 collection of, of ammo cans that I buy. I buy the, the plastic ones <laughs> from Harbor Freight that have the uh, the tray when you open up the lid, there's a tray in the top. I, I love those. And I just mm -hmm. put a piece of duct tape on it with the uh, the caliber, and I keep them straight that way. So every now and then, I have to go buy another $8 ammo box. And <laughs> gosh, isn't that just terrible? Yeah, Tim Foley wants to know how he can join your gun club. Uh, my gun club, the one that I 
<coughs> excuse me, the one that I go to and shoot, um, send me an email, Tim at uh, sandhillshooter at gmail, and uh, we'll talk about that because I do have the uh, the phone numbers for the people to talk to. Um, depending on which which town you want to go to, there's there's a couple people to talk to um, here in Norfolk or in Neely or in Elgin. Uh, just depends on which direction you want to go and who you want to give a call to. So that is, you know, if I knew them, I'd put them up right now, but I'd have to go dig through my phone and, and find them. Um, so that's why I don't throw it up there. But if you want to be part of the Antelope County um, Shooters Club, then absolutely you can do that. It's, uh, I believe, 30 bucks to, uh, to join up for a year. And you get a code to the padlock, so you can just go out there and unlock the thing and, and use it. And there's rules posted. Just read the signs. Do what they say. Don't uh, don't abuse the privileges. And uh, that thirty bucks doesn't necessarily have to go up, especially if we get more more members. But what, with your thirty bucks, it's not just the the gun range. You get access to the archery range. And I just found out here recently there's a trap range as well that's on a third uh, third site in that area. Uh, and they have a they have a trap league even that I didn't know about. And I don't trap shoot, but if you do, then I mean that's pretty cool because it's uh, it's like four and a half bucks to to shoot around um, to cover the cost of the rocks, and uh, of course bring your own ammo. So, um, all right, so uh, we'll just kind of go back around the horn again, Paul. Any final thoughts, and then um, go over that long list again of where people can find you. Well. Um... One final thought, not uh, I'm the only one I'm sure that's either watching or or on the panel this is gonna affect and it, it just crossed my stream the 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 wonderful leaders here in Sioux Falls that are on the city council just passed a mask ordinance and did they pass it? They did and the thing is there's no penalty for violating the ordinance so, <laughs> what did they you know why anyway uh paul lathrop i'm on my starting from the very beginning i'm on the polite society podcast i'm on the armed society podcast which is tomorrow night i'm on the weekly bullet you can catch me daily at the daily bullet uh if you send a message to the second amendment foundation i'm the guy that sees it and replies to it uh i'm my job is to be everywhere and I'm working on it. Very cool. Very cool. And again, congratulations on your new venture as the, the deputy director of new media at second amendment foundation. Thank you very much. Excellent. Uh, excellent title. All right. And, and again, thanks for being here, Paul. Always a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure to be here, man. All right. Nighthawk final thoughts. And where can we find you? Uh, final thoughts, you know, uh, it's, it's getting bigger than, um, 20 bucks a month. Get out there and find an organization, get yourself involved, lose a little weight, do a little PT might come in handy later, but most importantly, get active, get next level active. Um, I'm for me, you know, Nighthawk medic shoots will continue to test weapons. That's what we do. It's, it's awful to shoot a new gun every week, but somebody has to do it. Um, and we're excited to do it. And most importantly, gang, if you're out there listening and you're not subscribed to everybody on this panel, please do it. These are folks that work hard and uh, believe in your rights as much as you do. Thanks for bringing me in, John. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. 
All right, Pat, any final thoughts that you want to give? And then where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on YouTube. And unfortunately, I did not have any uh, hunting videos or gun videos this weekend due to a certain uh, technicality or problem <laughs> or virus that has no name. But uh, I'm not going to let that slow me down. Uh, hopefully next weekend, I this upcoming weekend, I will be able to get out and go do something. And uh, I just wanted to thank uh, everybody for being on tonight. This was a great kind of free-for-all discussion. Kind of went several different ways, but that's okay. It, it was fun. Definitely glad to be on tonight. Uh, thanks to everybody being out there on the chat tonight. I know we had quite a few people out there tonight. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for having me on, John. You bet. Thanks for being here. All right, Rich, you're up next. Yeah, be sure to check out This Week Unloaded, Sunday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Unloaded Media channel. We just had our 100th episode this past Sunday. And then on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. on the Outlaw Halffields channel, the two of us do a classic wrestling uh, program. So if you're into that kind of thing, you want something different to do other than politics or firearms, especially with the way the election stuff's going, if you want something to take your mind off all that, that's something you can watch too. And Paul, so, don't feel bad. Does, does that mean you two get together and actually wrestle, or no, you just no, talk we about? Just, we just talk about it. Okay. It it was fun. I did my first one the other day. That's a fun show to listen to. <laughs> but was that the one where I did it with uh, Kingpin? Because yep. uh, I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> we went. It's a one-hour show. We went for three hours and forty-five minutes. <laughs> it was but, a great uh, show. Yeah. And there wasn't <laughs> any Jello involved. No, no Jello involved. Wow. But there may be a wrestling match that could be scheduled for the next Great American Outdoor Show, which hopefully will be in 2022, since they canceled next year's, between Kingpin and Rob D, the New York Outcast, versus Guns and Barbecue and Midnight Range TM. Will that have Jello involved? I don't or, know. We're still working out the details. Or maybe some barbecue <laughs> sauce. I mean, I've got Guns and Barbecue in there. so Yeah, and Midnight <laughs> is the chef. That's true. That's true. If it's not barbecue sauce, it needs to be pancake batter. Yeah. And and Paul, you think yours is bad? We got a governor here who passed a mask mandate that every single sheriff in the state and just about every police chief in the state has said it under West Virginia law is unenforceable. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. Um, the nephews that went hunting with me this weekend live in, in Sioux Falls. So they get affected well i don't know they're across the county line so i don't know how that actually works at their house but i know where they go to school is if it's lincoln county line it's still within sioux falls city limits whichever as... which which county is t is that lincoln that's lincoln yeah. okay well that's the county they're in they're in sioux falls but they're in lincoln county yeah then there's over still a mandate over that's by galway park is where they're at um yeah, craziness. All right. Last, certainly not least, yeah. and we, we have done a name change uh, <laughs> as, as we've been here. So uh, final thoughts, and where can we find you, Mr. Plaid? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, you can find me at Facebook, or excuse me, <laughs> at YouTube. It's, it's about bloody time. Uh, YouTube pretty much uh, put a new video out tonight, uh, but no, good chat tonight, and I had fun. Oh, thanks for being here. I still need to watch that. I saw that it was coming up, but I was listening to Ghost, and I uh, didn't click over and watch that video yet, uh, but I will do that before I go to bed. 
kind of want to see what you say. That's about the uh, the the tactical Toblerone gun, right? The one that looks yep. like a Toblerone chocolate. Yep, and a sneak peek of the nineteen eleven. what? And a sneak peek of the nineteen eleven. The uh, the new RIA. Yeah. Nice. Can't wait to see that one too. I've seen pictures, but uh, can't wait to see it uh, in living color in the video there. So thanks for being here. All right. So we don't have the actual list. So all I could do is scroll up as far as I could scroll in the chat and uh, name the names that are in here. So again, if you weren't commenting towards the end of the show, then I don't get to reread your name. So thank you for joining us. We've got Clint Torres. Still the best name that I've seen yet. Oh, uh, just wait. Just wait. You're going to get to it. Oh, I'll read it. But Clint Torres is still the best name that I've seen ever okay. so far. Just saying. Midnight Range TM, New York Outcast, Vash Matrix, Patriot in the Dark, Tim Foley, Morning Tim, uh, Sandhill Sweetheart, of course, is out there, M. Gabriel, um, The Poor Conservative, Gabe Stark, Pat Hirsch, Vanessa Kitty, and Blitz was out there. Let's see. I'm still scrolling. Vash Matrix. Some of these I might read twice, and some of them I might skip just because I thought I read it. Guy that comments. Rich White. Um, who else is out there? Emily L. is still out there commenting. Um, do we have anybody else? Gizzard Gary. M. Gabriel. I don't know if I read that one already. Here it comes, guys. Grimace is a butt plug. Um, I apparently there was a little bit of discussion in the in the internal chat about whether i would actually read that name uh john petrolino uh is out there go check out decoding firearms uh great book and you can go find that on amen on amazon um if if you don't have a copy or two of that you need one for you so that you can lend it to people but then you you need to uh to buy a couple extras that you can hand out to people um who else is out there guns and barbecue agorizer is in the house um defense dad that might be it for now so again um thank you all of you for uh for watching <clears throat> excuse me my my throat's trying to go here uh it, it's just allergies it's not the rona there's the allergy meds i should say that dry me out like this um so uh Again, if, you, if you're watching live, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, if that Mr. Plaid thing went over your head, it's because you got here late. So you need to go back and catch the beginning when it uh, when it goes into the replay. Uh, see what that's all about. Um, if you're watching this on the replay, then I'm very glad that you found this and that you you decided to uh, to give it a watch, even though you, you didn't catch it live. And that's the best part about uh, these YouTube videos is they hang around and you can watch them anytime you want to. Uh, so what I want everybody to do is just help us out and I'm not asking for money. I'm just asking for a little bit of effort here. Uh, share the link. Just hit that share button, hit the thumbs up. If you liked it, even if you didn't like it, hit the thumbs down. At least it tells YouTube that you were here and you cared enough to react one way or the other. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please do so. If you haven't subscribed to uh, the channel of anybody in here, then please do so. Um, Paul can be found at the Polite Society podcast, or is it just the Polite Society on YouTube? Polite Society podcast. Okay, the Polite Society podcast on YouTube, and the Armed Society does show up there as well. And then, of course, um, Second Amendment Foundation has their own YouTube channel that you can see um, that stuff as well. Is that where the daily? That's where the Daily Bullet and the Weekly Bullet show up, right? Yes. So make sure you're 
Starting this week, they will, yes. Okay, so sub to Second Amendment Foundation's channel as well, so you can catch the Daily Bullet. Um, all the Daily Bullets, and then the Weekly Bullet as well, because um, those are awesome. And uh, uh, I'm sure I'm missing some stuff, but that's what happens when I fly solo when I don't have my, uh, my co-pilot in her producer's chair. So on behalf of uh, Calaveras 32 Special and Travis P11, on behalf of Nighthawk Medic, Defense Dad, Rich White, Pat Hirsch, Paul Lathrop, um, Sandhill Sweetheart, and myself, thank you so much for watching and listening. Um, again, I say this every week because it's the truth. Without you, there's no reason to do this. So um, we're glad that you uh, watched and listened, and hopefully you will help somebody else uh, find us as well so they can watch and listen and uh, we can keep this thing growing. Um, again, um, the the call that I put out last week for sponsorships worked better than I expected. I actually had to turn a few people away, which I suppose is a great problem to have. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, um, just do a recurring financial backing, you can do that on Patreon. If you want to do a one-time, um, then you can do that on, uh, on PayPal. Um, the Super Chats are great but it just takes so long for YouTube uh, and for Google to, to give me whatever 70% of that. I think it is that uh, um, they keep a big chunk of your money. That's what I'm saying. And so um, uh, we'll appreciate all the support we can get. But uh, again, um, I'm going to keep doing it, whether, whether I have, you know, that support or not, we do have our sponsors. Now um, everything's almost in place for the uh, uh, sponsorship here of the live show. And so starting in December is the plan. Um, every fourth week, you'll see uh, uh, I've got four sponsors and you'll see them show up every fourth week. And uh, up here in the top right corner where you see that little duck, you'll get to see their logo. So you remember who is uh, uh, helping uh, bring the show to you. And then um, we've got a spot that we're going to uh, an advertisement for them. We're going to uh, show them some love a uh, couple times during the show as well. Um, so, uh, so keep that in mind that that's going to be happening very soon. Um, things are happening that, uh, there's no way, shape or form that I'm good enough, smart enough to, to make happen. So God is definitely blessing the channel and the Facebook page to be what they are. So, um, thanks to God too, as well. Uh, all of you out there watching and listening, thank you so much. We love you. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week, but you know what you got to do right now. It's that time. Get off my lawn.